Today I want to talk to you about if you can be moved, you can be used. If you can be moved, you can be used. Let me ask you a question. What gets you moving? Are you moving forward? Are you moving backwards? Neutral does not exist in the life of a believer. You're either moving forward or you're moving backwards. The challenge with all of us is that you can't always see the progress. Sometimes I think too many of us are too hard on ourselves and we kind of measure ourselves and we're making progress in one day, one week, one month. Why don't you just start at one year? One year. In other words, give yourself a year to really look back and go, wow, have I made progress this year? I mean, all of us want to make progress today. We want to make progress tomorrow. We want to make progress in the month, in the week. But the truth is, the Bible defines progress as a word called fruit. And fruit is interesting because it doesn't appear instantly. Fruit takes time. Fruit needs the right environment. Fruit needs to be in the right soil. Fruit needs to actually have a few components that are working towards fruit being appearing. If you want fruit to appear in your life, you've actually got to consider the environment you're in. You've got to consider the soil you're planted in. You've got to consider a few things, actually, if you want to see progress. So don't be too hard on yourself if you feel like there's no fruit, because it's not there's no fruit. It's just that maybe you can't see the fruit just yet. Give yourself a year and go, you know what? I'm a lot further than I was than I was last year. The worst thing that can happen to any of us is that we go into a new year and we get towards the end of the year and we look back and go, you know what? There is nothing different. I don't believe it's our intention. I don't believe it's our desire. But you've got a purpose to move because if God can move you, I honestly believe he can use you. So what gets you moving? What gets you going? To move means to change position. It means to be active. Words like motivation, momentum, motor can be used in references to being moved. I mean, how far would you go if your car had no motor? We call it an engine, but you know what I'm talking about. It's a motor. Think about how far you get in life if you've got no momentum. You know, momentum is a blessing. A church that's got no momentum can look worse than what it really is. But a church that's got great momentum can look better than what it really is. Momentum is a great blessing. Amen. And so I honestly want to encourage you to think about this whole idea about moving. Motivation is something that we talk about, motivational speakers. Some people think that what I do is mean motivational, and I guess I hope it is because I want to help move people towards the God-given future that's on every one of our lives. But I'm not here just as a motivational speaker. To be honest, it's the Word of God that motivates. If you live your life on the words of a motivational speaker, it's only going to get you so far. You and I can actually build our lives on the Word of God. The Word of God is the authority that we live our lives from and it's ultimately the authority. It's not what I say, it's what God says. And so I think we've got to understand the motivation. I think the greatest motivation for any of us is love. I think love motivates more than anything else. Um, fear is a, fear can get you going. Yeah, we know that, but fear is, is using it in the wrong way. 
People can do things from fear. And that's not what God runs His kingdom by. He runs His kingdom with a kingdom of, of love. Love is a great motivator. In fact, love is the greatest motivator. So movement, I believe, it's been one of the great sources of creating prosperity in our world. Think about it. Transportation, shipping, trains, horses, vehicles, planes, cables, fiber optics, and other things that are being created today from technology and from advancement, moving goods, moving services, moving data, moving information. Our earth is moving. I know you don't feel like it's moving, but it is. Why don't I feel like the earth is moving? It's because it's a constant in movement. That's why you don't really feel like it's moving, but it is. I thank God there's so much blessing connected to movement. So I really want to speak to you today about if this whole idea about being moved so that you can be used. We have a saying at Hillsong Berlin, we never leave someone the same way we find them. That's the intention that we never leave you the same way we find you. I don't believe Jesus does. We have this statement that's become very popular, very trendy. Come as you are. Come as you are. We put it on garments like denim jackets, leather jackets. We put it on Instagram. We put it in a way that makes people understand. And I think it's a great idea because people feel like they can come to church because they feel like, well, if I came to church, I've just ruined the atmosphere. I'm such a bad, bad person. Well, the question's always going to be, well, who goes to church? Just good people? I'll tell you who goes to church, interesting people. Not got it all together, people. Naughty people. And I'm just talking about the front row. But who does go to church? Hungry people? Open people? Curious people? Cynical people? Skeptical people? I think just people. Everyone has a reason why they're not going to come and I think that's fair enough and it often becomes a barrier as opposed to an entry point. But our job as a church is to understand that church is for everyone. And so I understand the statement, come as you are, but let's bring the wholeness to the statement, come as you are and let Him transform you. He never leaves you the same way He finds you. When you enter into marriage... You enter just as you are. But it's amazing how the power of marriage actually starts to transform you as you choose to serve one another. If marriage is about what can you give me, what can I take, it turns into a nightmare instead of a blessing. And I think some of us would understand that. But the whole spirit of God is is to take us on a journey where He and His constant love over our lives is transforming us. So don't be too hasty to leave and say, there's no fruit in my life. No, no, you stay in an environment of faith. You stay in an atmosphere of faith. You allow God to move you. It's amazing how He'll begin to use you. Listen, you don't need to be perfect for God to use you. He will use you just as you are. It's amazing how God can use us even while He's working on us. So let him work on you, but don't hesitate to ever doubt this fact that he will use you even while you're still allowing him to work on you. Can anyone say amen? Amen. 
Who could you help this year to move forward? For maybe for some of you, it's you're really good at writing resumes. We've got people in our church that are very good at writing. Hey, give me your resume. Give me your CV. Give me is this thing that you're going to submit to this company. And some people, they're good at it because they know how to reword things. They know how to change it and say, this is the, you're saying the right thing, but the wrong way. I'm telling you now, if you would just let someone help you, you might get the job you've been trying to get. You might go somewhere where you've never been because someone who's got strength in this area, if you will just allow them, to come in and help you. A good dinner party helps people to come closer to Jesus and towards each other. How do you know you're in a good dinner party? How do you know you're in a good community? Are you coming closer to Jesus and you're coming closer to the people that you are having dinner with? A good community helps people to connect to the vision, not just to themselves. It's tragic when people just connect people to themselves. You're not supposed to connect people to yourself. I'm not supposed to connect you to me. My job is to connect you to Him. We should be using our community to point people to Him, not to ourselves. Now, yes, we are used in the process, but it's not helpful if everyone's been connected to you because what happens if you're not there anymore? It means that people get disbanded, people get discouraged, people get disconnected. You're supposed to connect them to Jesus and the vision of our house. And it gets complicated if we do it another way. See, if you're a needy person, you will love to be needed. And you don't sometimes know this straight away because it's not obvious straight away. But over time, you can find out that it's not leading towards health. It's actually leading towards unhealthy it's called unhealthy relationships. Parents' job is to raise their kids to not need them. Unless it comes to money. They always seem to have that need. And it's a joy as parents to raise your kids to the point where they can literally live their lives and even better go further than you as parents. And so I honestly believe a good church helps people to connect to the whole, not just the part. So let's talk about some things that I believe we can learn from the Word of God. Are you ready for it? Keep moving towards Jesus. Hebrews chapter 4, this is what it says. Now that we know what we have, Jesus, this great high priest with ready access to God, let us not, let's not let it slip through our fingers. We don't have a, we don't have a priest who is out of touch with our reality. He's been through the weaknesses and the testings. He's experienced it all, everything but sin. So let us, let us move towards Him and receive what He is so ready to give. Take the mercy, accept the help. Isn't it beautiful that God is here ready for every person here? You need mercy? He is ready to give it. You need help? He is ready to give it. Oh, I tell you, there's so much, but we need to move towards Him. Remember, Jesus has moved towards us. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, there's so many biblical verses, so many contexts in the Bible that talks about the strength and the power of moving. This is what it says, 2 Corinthians chapter 8. I am not trying to order you around against your will, but by bringing in the Macedonians' enthusiasm as a stimulus to your love. 
I am hoping to bring the best out of you. This is the Apostle Paul in his letters back to the church at Corinth. You are familiar with the generosity of our Master, Jesus Christ. Rich as He was, He gave it all away for us. In one moment, He moved us from poverty to incredible riches. You and I have now been moved into an eternal inheritance. Maybe your parents didn't give you anything, but your heavenly Father has given you everything. I just think, man, we are so blessed as individuals, as people of God. We have been moved in one moment through the work of Christ on the cross. That's literally what's been done for you and I. And it is crazy to ignore this, and yet so many do. That's why we're building church. That's why we're building community. That's why we're committed to proclaiming the good news. You don't have to be out when you can be in. So Jesus was moved with compassion. Matthew chapter 20, uh, uh, chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9. It says this, Jesus moved throughout all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the crowds of people, he was moved with compassion for them because they worried, they were worried and weary like sheep without a shepherd. Then he spoke to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. But listen, this is what I need you to understand. God is moving and when He's moving, things are changing. And because He was moved, God was able to use Him to bring healing, to bring strength. Think about you. What is on your life? And if God can get you moving, He can start to use you in the most amazing ways. Everyone in this room has something to give. Everyone is gifted. Everyone has something to contribute. And I'm telling you, if you have something and you withhold it, you do everyone and everything. Think about this. If you study to be an engineer, but you don't apply what you're learning, the world is a poorer place. The roads will not be built. The bridges cannot be built. The things that engineers do literally actually strengthen our infrastructure. Think about it. If an architect studies architecture, but does not apply what they are learning, the buildings will not be built. Because one of the basic human needs is shelter. So is it safe to say that the world is poorer if you study to be an architect, but you don't apply what you're learning? Yes, the world's going to be poorer. I could do this in every angle of life, but let's turn it into if believers would just believe. You know, if you read the Word of God, but don't apply it to your life, could you safely say that the world is going to be poorer? Absolutely. Because if you don't apply what you're learning, there's no application you yourself are going to be diminished, but more importantly, the world, I believe, is going to be in a place where they... And I honestly believe it's our job is to, is to proclaim. Our job is to live the life that God has called us to live. So you've got to not just read the Word. You've got to learn to know how to apply the Word. It applies to me, not to the person you wish were here today. I wish she was hearing it. Oh, I wish he was here. You're here. Yes. That's good enough in Jesus' name. Amen. So I believe movement and faith go together. Hebrews chapter 11, it's impossible to please God apart from faith. And why? Because anyone who wants to move towards God must believe both that He exists and that He cares enough to respond 
to those who seek Him. You know, you've got you to understand, listen, you're not going to move towards God if you don't believe there is a God and you're not going to believe, uh, you know, in other words, let me say it this way, you're not going to let go of what you're holding on to unless you see something better. And this is the tragedy in our Western culture, especially is that we're holding on to something that is not better than God, but we've told ourselves a lie that it's better than God. I'm going to hold on to this relationship. Why? Because this relationship is meeting my need. Yeah, but God can meet your need. But I don't want God. I want Him. I want her. I want this lifestyle. I want this. No, listen, we've all got needs. No one's going to deny that we have human need. It's the way we meet the need determines whether it damages or it absolutely causes us to flourish. All of us have freedom to make choices in life. My prayer is that we will learn to go towards God because He's got what no one else has. He's got forgiveness. He's got mercy. He's got ultimately the full picture. It's better to go to the Creator than go to creation for your need. Movement brought healing. Listen to this, Luke chapter 8. A woman in the crowd was suffering for 12 years with constant bleeding problem. She could find no cure. She decided to move closer to Jesus. She touched the fringe of His robe. Immediately the bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked. Everyone denied it. And Peter said, Master, the whole crowd is pressing upon you. But Jesus said, someone deliberately touched me. I felt healing power go out from me. When the woman realized that she could not stay hidden, she began to tremble and fell to her knees in front of him. The whole crowd heard her explain why she had touched him and that she had immediately been healed, had been immediately healed. Daughter, listen to how Jesus speaks. Woman, Frau, Fraulein. You, daughter, doctor. A couple more thoughts for you. I believe this is going to help you because I believe movement is where God is trying to get all of us to move. Movement brought increase, Acts chapter 11. Meanwhile, the believers who had been scattered during the persecution after Stephen's death moved as far as Lebanon, Cyprus and the Antioch of Syria, which is today Turkey the Antioch of Syria in the day. They preached the word of God, not only, but only to the Jews. However, some of them, some of the believers who went to Antioch from Cyprus and Cyrene began preaching to other people who were not Jews about the Lord Jesus. The power of the Lord was with them and a large number of the people believed and turned to the Lord. So you could safely say that movement led to increase. Thank God that there was believers that were willing to move. Maybe you've moved from another city to come to this city, but I believe it's gonna bring increase. I believe for some of you, you've moved from nation to another nation, but God is gonna bring increase. You're going to find new friends that you couldn't have had through Facebook. You're going to find new ways that you never thought in the old ways. Because God is the God who moves us. Thank God that the church was growing because people were willing to be moved. I believe when the usefulness stops is when the movement stops. Let your heart be moved. 
let your spirit be willing to move. This is what the Bible says. It has so many contexts for us. Things that I believe that can move us and strengthen us. Listen to this one. This is another one. Movement brings provision. Exodus 35. It says, Everyone whose hearts were stirred and whose spirits were moved came and brought their sacred offerings to the Lord. They brought all the materials needed for the temple, for the performance of its rituals and for the sacred garments. Thank God that in the Old Testament, the people were moved in their heart towards bringing offerings so that the temple could be built. I believe it's not just about things that need to move us. I think in this moment, we need to also consider consider is the things that should not move us. There's one thing to be moved when it comes to the right things and the good things that God is calling us to. But I honestly believe there's things that should not move us. Anybody open to that? Well, I've got a few thoughts for you here. Things that should not move us. Don't let offence move you from away from your posts. Ecclesiastes chapter 10. If the boss If the boss's anger rises against you, do not pull back and move away from your post. Oh, announcement to everyone that can't handle a bit of tension. We will never move forward and be used by God if we give up at the first obstacle, the first thing that's not right. I'm not saying shouting is right. I'm just saying it happens. And this is what God's wisdom says. Don't pull back and move away from your post. Listen to this. A calm spirit can overcome the greatest of offences. How many people have allowed offence to move them away? And I tell you, anyone that gets moved away because of this, they don't find themselves being used. Actually, they find themselves going towards useful uselessness, not usefulness. Why? Because you've got to come back to this moment. You can't walk away and think, oh, no, no, no. You cannot give too much. Listen, anything, listen, does offence happen? Yes. The Bible calls it a trap. Don't walk into the traps. And if you've ever experienced offence, you've got to make a decision. I am not going to live offended longer than two minutes. In fact, it's a minute too long. But to make, make offence a day, even worse, a week, even tragically a year. Oh, how many offended believers are in our city that are not being useful to the things of God because they're running around because of their offence. Has the church hurt people? Yes. But I'm a believer and I've been in the church for nearly 30 years. Have I been hurt? Yes. But I'm still here. I'm still at my post. I've overcome with a calm spirit. Doing life together, doing community together, we are going to have opportunity. But this is what the Word says. Don't move away from your post. Put your hand up and say, help. And I believe God gives us so much wisdom to help us to be restored, to walk in love, to forgive and to overcome. But the enemy would love us to leave our posts and to walk away. Don't let the enemy move you away from your faith. First Peter chapter five, be alert and cautious at all times. The enemy of your, the, the enemy of yours, the accuser prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking anyone, someone to devour, but resist him. Be solid in your faith, rooted, established, immovable, immovable. 
Know that you are not alone in your suffering. Many believers around the world are experiencing the same kind of challenges. Be immovable. Don't let the enemy move you from the position that God has given you. You have an inheritance. Listen to me, if he takes from you and you let him, we would technically call that robbery. We would call that theft. He is not allowed to take from you. He's not allowed to take your health. He's not allowed to take your joy. He's not allowed to take your inheritance. He's not allowed to take your salvation. He's not allowed to take anything. Biology might take your hair, but the enemy cannot take your joy. Don't let anyone or anything slow you down. Hebrews chapter 12, since we're surrounded by such a huge crowd of people to the life of faith, let us strip off anything that slows us down or holds us back. And especially those sins that wrap themselves so tightly around our feet and trip us up. Let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. Keep your eyes on Jesus, the leader and the instructor of this life of faith.